You are listening to Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. In today's episode of Political Undercurrents, we cover Europe's new defence funding initiative, the controversy over a key EU commission appointment, Ukraine's plea for immediate military support, and the fight against Russian propaganda ahead of the European elections. Join us as we delve into these complex issues shaping Europe's present and future. On to our first story. In a bold move that signals a significant shift in Europe's defence strategy, the European Union is laying the groundwork for what could be one of the most substantial boosts to its defence industry in recent history. At the heart of this ambitious plan is a proposal for a 100 billion euro fund aimed at turbocharging Europe's defence industrial capacity over the next five years. Industry Commissioner Thierry Breton, known for his proactive stance on bolstering Europe's industrial capabilities, initially floated this idea. However, the momentum significantly increased when Commission President Ursula von der Leyen lent her considerable support to the initiative. Speaking to the European Parliament, von der Leyen emphasised the need for the EU to develop battle-winning operational capabilities, highlighting a drive to not just keep pace, but lead in the global defence arena. This move is not just about pouring money into defence. Von der Leyen has outlined a vision for a more integrated and efficient European defence industry, including increasing subsidies, and easing the rules for EU governments to subsidise production. This strategic direction aims to concentrate efforts and resources on European defence projects of common interest, ensuring that investments yield the highest impact and added value for the Union. The timing for this initiative could not be more critical. With the global political landscape in flux, particularly with looming uncertainties like the potential re-election of Donald Trump in the US, Europe finds itself at a crossroads. The establishment of the European Defence Investment Plan, the EDIP, set to be launched next week, marks a proactive step towards self-reliance. Currently, EU countries have earmarked a modest 1.5 billion euro for the EDIP, but this figure is expected to surge as member states recognise the pressing need for a robust, unified defence strategy. Furthermore, the European Investment Bank, the EIB, under the leadership of President Nadia Calvino, is gearing up to play a pivotal role in this new era of European defence. With €8 billion already set aside for defence projects, of which a quarter has been spent, the EIB is poised to be a key financier in this endeavour bridging the gap between civilian and military applications. As Europe embarks on this ambitious journey to fortify its defence capabilities, the implications for the global defence industry, geopolitical dynamics and EU's role on the world stage are profound. With a clear vision and a substantial investment plan, the EU is sending a strong message about its commitment to security and its willingness to invest in its future. Moving on to our second story, in the lead-up to the EU election, the European Commission finds itself embroiled in controversy over the appointment of Marcus Pieper 
as the Commission's new SME envoy, a decision now under intense scrutiny. A coalition of MEPs from various political spectrums, including the Greens, centrists and left parties, challenges the transparency and merit of Pierpa's appointment, suggesting it was influenced by party affiliation rather than objective qualifications. The controversy brings to light broader concerns about the appointment processes within the EU's governing bodies, raising questions about transparency, fairness and the influence of political affiliations on critical decisions. MEPs, spearheaded by Green MEP Daniel Freund, have formally questioned the Commission, highlighting that female candidates, particularly those from member states underrepresented in senior positions, had outperformed paper in the recruitment process. The MEP's inquiry delves into the criteria used in the selection process, questioning the rationale behind Pierpa's appointment over potentially more qualified candidates. This situation underscores ongoing debates about gender and geographical balance in EU appointments and the role of political connections in such decisions. As the Commission prepares to respond, the outcome of this controversy could have broader implications for EU governance, particularly in terms of appointment transparency and the balance of political influence versus meritocracy. This story is unfolding against the backdrop of upcoming EU elections, adding layers of complexity and urgency to the Commission's response. Now on to our third story. In a critical juncture for Ukraine, the country's plea for immediate military support underscores a broader dilemma facing the European Union. Ursula von der Leyen's ambitious proposal to utilise profits from billions in frozen Russian assets to bolster Ukraine's war effort is caught in a temporal bind, according to Ukraine's Deputy Justice Minister. The notion, while strategically sound, faces criticism for its potential delays in delivering much-needed aid to Ukraine. The heart of the matter lies in the urgency of Ukraine's needs. Deputy Justice Minister Irina Mudra, deeply involved in discussions about the frozen assets, stresses the impracticality of waiting for the EU's bureaucratic machinery to churn through the process of buying and transferring military supplies. With the majority of these assets frozen in Belgium, totalling around 130 billion euros, the straightforward solution, according to Mudra, is to directly channel the generated profits to Kiev. This direct approach contrasts sharply with the envisioned end of 2024 timeline, a schedule that, in the eyes of Ukrainian officials, jeopardises the country's defence against Russian aggression. Amidst these strategic deliberations, Estonia's Prime Minister, Kadja Kalas, brings a pragmatic perspective to the forefront. The recent decision to source ammunition globally, rather than exclusively within the EU, aims to expedite support to Ukraine. This shift, emerging from discussions at the Ukraine summit in Paris, signifies a collective acknowledgement of the urgent need to bolster Ukraine's artillery capabilities against Russia's might. Moreover, Ukraine's proactive stance extends beyond its borders, with its special services actively pursuing Russian mercenaries affiliated with the Wagner Group. This initiative underscores a comprehensive strategy to weaken Russia's interests globally, highlighting the extensive reach of Ukraine's efforts to secure its sovereignty. 
As the EU grapples with the logistical and ethical complexities of utilising frozen assets for military support, the core issue remains the immediate and unrelenting needs of Ukraine. The evolving strategies, from direct financial transfers to global sourcing of ammunition, reflects the dynamic response to an unprecedented situation. The international community watches closely as these plans unfold, with the hope that swift action can avert further escalation and support Ukraine's resilience in the face of conflict. Now on to our fourth and final story. European Commission Vice President Vera Jorova is taking a definitive stand against the spectre of Russian propaganda. With the European election on the horizon, Jorova's warning resonates with a sense of urgency, emphasising the need for vigilance and a collective European response to guard the integrity of democratic processes. Embarking on what she terms a democracy tour across Europe, Jurova aims to galvanise action against the insidious influence of disinformation campaigns. Her journey, beginning in Finland and extending to Italy and eventually Berlin, is armed with compelling data on Russian efforts to undermine public discourse and the backdrop of new EU law designed to foster media freedom. This tour is not just a diplomatic mission, it's a clarion call for the defence of democracy. Jurova's concern is not abstract. She points to concrete examples of Russian propaganda finding resonance within the EU, notably through the far-right Alternative for Germany, AFD, party, and, more alarmingly, within the governments of Hungary and Slovakia. The AFD's alignment with Russian narratives, particularly their stance on the Ukrainian conflict, represents a stark challenge to EU unity and its support for Ukraine. The spectre of a major EU country, like Germany, potentially shifting its stance under such influence, underscores the gravity of the threat. The response, Jurova suggests, lies in the vocal and active engagement of democratic forces, especially in Germany, to counter the spread of disinformation. Yet the challenge extends beyond national borders. Russia's adept use of propaganda, tailored to each country's context, requires a nuanced and strategic response from the entire EU. The potential electoral success of AFD and similar parties could precipitate a seismic shift in the EU's political landscape, making the fight against disinformation not just a matter of policy, but of existential significance for the European democracy. The situation in Hungary and Slovakia further complicates the EU's internal dynamics, with governmental narratives echoing Kremlin positions. This blurring of lines between external propaganda and internal governance raises profound questions about the resilience of democratic institutions in the face of concerted disinformation efforts. Jurova's initiative to promote media literacy and her admiration for Finland's approach to combating disinformation highlight a path forward by embedding resilience against false narratives from an early stage, societies can better discern the truth from falsehood, a critical skill in the digital age. The fight against disinformation, as Jarova's tour underscores, is not just about counter-narratives or regulatory measures, it is fundamentally about strengthening the fabric of democracy itself. 
Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the complex world of global politics. Remember, our mission is to keep you informed and engaged with the undercurrents that drive change and influence decisions on a daily basis. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, keep exploring the depths of political knowledge. I'm Alexander Quilliam, and this has been Political Undercurrents. Have a successful day.